Damn, son, where'd you find this? You are now tuning into Bros Let's Talk. This is Bros Let's Talk, the podcast where guys come to be dudes. I'm Pat, here with Jimmy and Andy. What's up, guys? Hi, guys. What up? Not much. Lots to talk about. NFL playoffs continued this weekend, although both games were kind of boring yesterday. Um, Hopefully we'll have a couple more good ones, but we'll talk about that a little bit later in the show. Let's jump right in, dudes. First thing we're going to talk about in yet another stupid internet challenge that has surfaced, teenagers are now taking bites out of or throwing in frying pans and then taking (laughs) bites out of tied dishwasher pods. And um, yeah, I just, this is something that you learn when you're like three or four years old that you don't like eat soap or like things that are underneath the sink and I don't know I just feel like there have been like major celebrities that have come out and been like do not do this 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 will harm you I guess I just I don't, don't want to live it. on this planet I don't understand. anymore I know right it's like you want to be cool, right? Everything nowadays is all about like internet fame and having a, something go viral and taking it to the point where you're just literally biting soap tablet. And then they're like interviewing this one article I had. I think it was like the Washington Post. They interviewed one of the kids, I think, who did it. He got challenged to do it. A lot of people are saying how stupid I was or why would I be willing to do that? 19-year-old Mark Pagan, so that guy's an idiot. No one should be putting anything like that in their mouths, you know? Yeah, we do know. That was his response? Yeah. That's not even a coherent response. That's just words. Dude, he never backs down from a challenge, dude. Good. Gotta eat that soap. Good for him. I just don't understand. The fact that this is blown up and, like, become a national thing where news outlets and things like that are like, do you know what your kids are doing on the weekends? They're biting into detergent pods. We'll see. And it's funny. We don't have to worry. We don't have to worry about the heroin problem. Yeah, right. In America or drugs or anything. We got to worry about your goddamn teenagers, teenagers biting into detergent pods. Right. And, Fucking and it's funny that they pod. even asked the question, do you know what your teenagers doing on the weekends when, most things like this that happen are being video recorded and posted all over the internet so people can see it. So it's like, if you don't know what your kid's doing on the weekends when they're being an idiot and doing things like this, then probably says more about you than it does about like, your kid. Why can't they be like normal teenagers and trying to get drunk or trying to get laid or trying to sneak into strip clubs? Why are they eating dishwasher pods? I, I, I really don't. I don't. I don't get it. I, I, I mean, truly don't it's understand. Awesome. Right? 
the fact just that something we're that's literally bringing like, like this toxic. on our uh, award-winning podcast is shameful to those teenagers. Like, go do something. Go, I don't know. Well, it's just funny tree. too because like we used it's to do like health, in the day. health experts say the day. that you shouldn't be doing this. <laughs> it's like this is not good for you, and it's like we don't need a health expert to come out and say this. This is just common sense. You they don't have commercials about it before they started for like four year olds. Hey, make sure your four year old doesn't eat a dishwasher pod. It's harmless or a Tide pod, whatever. And now some teenagers like, oh, I wonder if it's harm if, if it's harmful for me. Idiot. Yeah, it's it's insane. Yeah, we can move on. I just thought we had to bring that up because oh, for sure, for sure, had to bring it's it up. It's like we we will continue this story as more teenagers die. Continue to bite into detergent. Okay, let's make let's make guesses for what the next fad is going to be after dishwasher tablets. Because first, what there's been like all these other challenges out there. The cinnamon challenge was popular for a while. Ooh, you could die from that for <laughs> right. sure. I'm gonna say I'm gonna stick with laundry, and I'm gonna say it's gonna be a cinnamon challenge oh. type thing where they just put a oh. tablespoon of the powder detergent in their mouth. Ah, uh, I saw some and new movie cloud, uh, cloud just coming out with John Cena where, um, I don't know, he's like a family man kind of ordeal, oh, yeah, but he goes trying to bang on prime and he wants to stop it. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. And there's a scene where he's like, this kid yeah. challenges them to chug off and then he ends up being like a butt chug thing and i have to think that that's partially based off of like current interests of kids that age now so don't be surprised if you see some sort of like butt chugging thing become a thing on the internet that's it's called that's an my prediction shot. for 2018 you well, take that's a, a shot terrible name for or it. a beer bong in your butt dude you get messed up and i don't know from experience but oh, that sounds mm, like your you know body from experience absorbs it directly mm-hmm. that sounded like from direct up. experience it was it was Babcock, wasn't it? Well, he he did it. I didn't do it. We convinced him to do it. <laughs> All right, moving on. Um, I just wanted to talk about this a little bit. It seems like a long time ago because we taped on Sunday and this happened on Monday night. Um, but the national championship was an all timer. Yeah, I sure. thought it wasn't the barn burner um, that was the semifinal with Oklahoma and Georgia, but this game. Very reminiscent of the Super Bowl where the Patriots came back. Um, Alabama was down, I believe, 20-7 to uh, heading into the fourth quarter and ended up coming back, tying it. Actually had a chance to win it uh, as time expired, and the three of us were texting as it was going on. Um, that kicker, he shanked college special teams. field goal. And Dude, talk about getting let off the guy, hook, too. Oh my Seriously. god, that guy would have been hanging from Everyone a tree in Tuscaloosa. Forgets about him now because of what happened. And but. instead, that guy's that guy's probably getting laid down there now that he's a national championship, and everybody forgets yep. that. But all time game, um, Alabama ends up coming out. Uh, Georgia kicks a field goal in the first overtime, and Tua Tagaviola. Great name. I will um, never remember how to say that last name. I've been looking at it yeah, for like a week, and I can't. I always I'm still forget. not sure that's even close to being Tag of Viola. That sounds um, good enough for me. Yeah. Freshman sensation comes in um, and throws just a dart down the sideline to win the game, a walk-off. Um, Nick Saban, it just 
proves why he's the best coach in all of college yeah. football. That I mean, everybody said that he might not have been the best X's and O's guys in the country. He might have just been able to recruit really well. But this move, taking out Jalen Hurts, who was twenty-five and two going into this yep. game, to go with a freshman quarterback because he knew they were going to have to throw the ball, just going with a can't true find underwear who big enough for Saban. <laughs> yeah, it's insane. Like that that move just shows why he's so good that he had the confidence and the trust to go with a true freshman who had played maybe twenty snaps the entire year in garbage time. Yeah, he basically and has he's no like, soul. Yep, this is our best quarterback on our team. He, pure quarterback. He's he actually had close. a decent amount of snaps only because Alabama blew out so many of the lesser teams right. that they played. But he's probably not throwing think, in those. Situations, think about this though. though. Alabama was down 13 to nothing at halftime and they are it's literally on the cusp of them losing their second straight national championship and things all of a sudden people are going to have questions about Saban things like this he pulls that move puts Tua tag Viola whatever the hell his name is in they come back they win the national championship this kid looks like an absolute stud not only did he throw that dart down the sideline, he looked the safety off like an NFL quarterback, yep. and that dude was wide open. So now you go from Alabama on the cusp of losing their second straight national championship to coming back, winning Saban's fifth at Alabama, six total, and now the emergence of Tua as maybe a legitimate Heisman candidate. The thing about Alabama is they've had great defense and great running games for years. They've never had a game-changing quarterback. All of a sudden... Or a good kicker. Or, or let's face it, <laughs> no one in college really has a good kicker. They Pat, just have didn't, didn't better than others. did you text me saying that Tua was supposed to transfer to UCLA or Washington or something? That's supposedly they were saying that he was wanted to transfer to UCLA to play with Chip Kelly. Not anymore. Mariota. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. Now, all of a sudden, you have Alabama... As the early number one for next year with a potential Heisman candidate at quarterback. I mean, we talk about all these throws. How about that run that he had on third down where he breaks the tackle, runs left? I mean, this is a tough kid who can run. He can throw. He's left-handed. I feel like that throws teams off, too, a little bit. Not not like completely, but I don't know. Something about it. He's, He's like reminiscent of Michael Vick a little bit, the way that he plays. Now, all of a sudden, you're looking at Alabama favorites to win again next year, and depending on how long he stays, maybe for a couple of years to come. So Nick Saban makes one move, and all of a sudden, it completely changes the landscape of college football. For But at the same time, we talked about it a lot, too. I think Jake Fromm from Georgia is going to be the awesome deal, as well. So that's going to be good. an interesting rivalry the next couple of years between Georgia and Alabama. Saban would lit- would literally drive to California and murder Chip Kelly to ensure that Tua does not transfer to <laughs> UCLA. Well, now Jalen Hurts will probably be the one either transferring or switching positions. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good point. He kind of sucks anyway. All right, um, moving on. Last Sunday was also the Golden Globes, which I was watching and admittedly didn't know of most of the shows, actors, actresses, or movies that they talked about, but... Um, there was one real uncomfortable moment. I don't know if you guys saw this or not, um, but they trotted out Kirk Douglas, who was Michael Douglas's father, out with uh, <laughs> Catherine Zeta-Jones, who was his daughter-in-law. 
Kirk Catherine Zeta Jones. She dips beneath lasers. Whoa. That was beautiful. I'm teary eyed from that performance. <laughs> Anyways, Catherine Zeta Jones, who is his daughter in law, is out there with him. And he, okay, this guy is 101 years old. And when he starts to talk, it's just like a. And I'm not making fun of Kirk Douglas. He's a hundred. It's like Lee Corso old. doing college why, football. Why is the Golden Globes in the Hollywood Foreign Press? Would you exploit this this man for whatever it is you were trying to do so much so that like he's talking to Catherine Zeta Jones and she's basically just like, oh yeah. So what you're trying to say is this, or what you mean is <laughs> it was so uncomfortable. I don't know why they would do that to him. It, like when, when I was watching, I felt like, oh, I, I have to turn this off, but I can't turn it off because it's so he, bad. That guy looked like he was dead on stage. Yes, and it was like he a looked at every Bernie's bit of a hundred one years old. If they had sunglasses on yeah. him, that guy, there's no way that guy's alive. Super weird Dude, situation. That weekend, weekend at Bernie's situation at the Golden Globes, that would have been awesome. Wait. Slap some sunglasses on him. They trot him out there. They're like moving his arms with strings and stuff. Time out. Costume idea for Halloween. The three of us weekend at Bernie's. I, oh, dude, I like that would that. be a great idea. I call Bernie. Done. <laughs> so yeah, the, the, there's no real substance to to this. See, I just I felt so uncomfortable watching this old man being exploited for being old and 101, and in all the movies he was in and. I just, it felt, I, I just, sometimes I wonder who the hell sees that and practices things. This is a great idea. Let's go with this. I had no idea, no idea that guy was still alive. Okay. Neither did I. I'm going to be honest. I did not even see this video, so I'm just going to pull this video up right now. If you guys the, don't mind. The picture, the picture is all you need. Okay. Just seeing Kurt Douglas on Stage. I just want like he looks like ugh, death. He does look like death. I want like ten seconds from this video. You so want to create hear. a stunning oh, website after this ad. I've already done it. You by da, 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 not giving them the satisfaction. Oh my god! Okay, not giving again. them the Three, satisfaction. All right, two, let's let's just one. fill this time, guys. All right, hold on. Uh, all right, I can skip the ad. Um, all right, let me skip ahead to when this dude's this talking. This has never happened before. Okay. Great False alarm. Radio. False alarm. All right, we're we're aborting mission. Abort. Aborting mission. <laughs> all right, how about all that other stuff at the Golden Globes, though? <laughs> Oprah, right? That, don't don't talk about that. I'll talk about that later. Oh, oh, okay. Natalie Portman boom roasted the entire Golden Globes Dude. with her. What did she say? That's pretty that. sweet. Uh, how about Barbara Streisand being the last director? female director to win at the Golden Globes? I didn't even know she directed movies. Yeah, she basically went up there and she was just like. And here are the all-male nominees for Best Director. Oh, that's funny. And everybody was like, oh. that's, that's pretty funny. Yeah, that's good stuff, but... Yeah, that, that's that all basically all I have on, on poor Kirk Douglas, so... Poor guy just getting exploited. For sure, it was painfully awkward. And Andy's right. If you haven't seen it, just Google his name, and they'll show that picture, and it's like... They like, literally he's just so lifted old, him off, nose off a is bed. Almost gone. Like, why would you put that poor man out there in front of the whole world to see and then make him talk? Right. Probably really had no idea what was going on either. No, for sure. That's sad. All right. Time to talk about the, our favorite family, the balls. <laughs> <laughs> the balls. <laughs> oh, Classic. that's great. 
But uh, LaMelo and LiAngelo Ball, they made their debut earlier last week in one of the five big baller challenge games that will be played where apparently they just play lesser opponents from European teams, leagues, or whatever. They play their B squads, and all the refs are decked out in big baller gears, and the court has big baller logos on it, and they get to just go out there and chuck threes and do whatever. And then... I was surprised at the viewership for for that 100,000 viewers. I think everyone's just like... Yeah, they're so polarizing, that whole situation. Um, so I think people are just drawn to it naturally. But then now you see they had actual league competition game, I think on Friday, mm-hmm. maybe Saturday morning. And uh, they didn't play as much, but they were held scoreless on five or six shots, I think, total, or six or seven between the two of them. They played about 16 minutes combined. But this was against... Better competition, and yeah. uh, they, you know they were held scoreless. They brought Lavar Ball out during halftime to shoot half court shots, and he went 0 of three. So 0 of 10 total night from the Ball family. Uh, not <laughs> not the performance they're looking for, and I think uh, obviously for the plan that he has in place, that's off to a terrible start. I know they're yeah, getting acclimated they to are new a thing, whatever. Ship. You can't you can't not score or produce anything in a professional game when you're saying you're going to be in the NBA in two years. I don't yeah. Know. See, I, I think um, people in the European leagues are going to treat them just like Lonzo in the yes. NBA where yes. they're going to come out and bring their absolute a game, try and shut those kids yes. down because they're tired of these guys making a sideshow of a legitimate. Exactly. Basketball league. Could not agree with you more. If you are not good enough to, to go into the NBA, you're most likely going to Europe to get the contract because you're, I mean, the D league is for people that hope to make it to the NBA. Like if you're going to Europe, you're, you're playing professional basketball. Like it, like it is here in the United States. And those guys come over and are just making an absolute sideshow. I think people are going to like give those kids hard foul. Oh, for sure. Like these, their best defense these kids in, aren't even out. good enough to make the G league over here because there are yeah. some legitimate talent in that league waiting to come to the NBA. I don't know if you guys saw the other night in one of Cleveland's uh, back-to-back 25-point losses, but they uh, – I forget against – Against the Raptors? Was against. Yeah. They had, I think, two guys from the G League drop a combined, like, 47 points on them. So yeah, players from the G League are no joke, and you can't go out in this European league and both of you get shut out. I mean <sighs> – I thought it was it was an interesting idea what Lavar is trying to do, saying, "Hey, we don't need these big brands. We're going to start our own." That's cool. I respect that. But the way he's going about it, I mean, he's talking shit about about Luke Walton and Lonzo is clearly the best of the three boys. But no NBA team is going to take a chance on either of those two when their dad is acting like such an idiot, and neither Jello or Mello have the skill set that Lonzo does. So. I hope LeVar Ball knows what he's doing because I think he just cost his kids a shot at the NBA. Not that they were good enough to make it anyways, but with, with, with the sideshow he has going on, there's no chance at this point. So do you think um, Adam Silver, it's kind of a two-sided coin. Do you think that Adam Silver 
enjoys the Ball family being in the NBA for viewership, or does he hate LeVar because of the um, all the bullshit that he I brings? think he can't stand him think- personally because Adam Silver is very proactive. He's been trying to find ways to to gain viewers, um, either that's via like Twitter or just their their new uniform policy and just trying different things. And I think LeVar goes against everything that Adam Silver wants his NBA to be. Um, so I, I don't think he likes him. That's a good that's See, a good, I, I think, think it's a double-edged sword, though. I don't think that he likes LeVar Ball, but at the same time, the NBA... You can appreciate Well, the, he's constantly trying... The NBA is constantly trying to expand viewership globally and you can see it now they've got games in london this year kind of like what the nfl does all of a sudden you have lavar lamello and liangelo in lithuania playing for this professional basketball team regardless of how successful they're in, or are they not they're popular there people seem to like it their jerseys all sold out on amazon things like that Lonzo Ball is part of that family as well, so you're not going to tell me that these people aren't going to be interested in them, and then they're not going to want to check out Lonzo, who's over in the NBA. So all of a sudden, you have LeVar pulling in fans from Lithuania, a country. I mean, it's just, it's unintentionally kind of expanding to a place where maybe the NBA doesn't have as many viewers, but I don't think that he, I don't think anyone likes LeVar Ball, to be honest. I can't believe the Lakers are letting him just say the things that he say and trash their coach. You know, yeah, Luke Magic Walton Johnson like has to has to step in soon and and do something. And also, I think that I mean, there are so many foreign players in the NBA now that I think people from uh, Lithuania were probably watching the NBA already in spite of the Ball family. And I'm sure that yes, maybe the, it does make it more interesting. But how long can that last? Like, what's the shelf life on the Ball family? Because like you guys said, if, if they're going out and, and they're each scoreless in a European game, which don't get me wrong, like you said, Andy, European basketball is extremely competitive, but it's not the NBA. It's I don't even know if it's college basketball for some teams. I just don't – I think they have a very short half-life. And while I do – appreciate what LeVar was trying to do with the brand, I don't I don't see this lasting, which only means he's going to get even but more the ridiculous thing is, trying to keep as, himself and his family relevant. But as long as Lonzo's in the NBA and playing for the Lakers and playing decent, he's been playing better lately, the name is going to be relevant. And yeah, he's not just going to go into the shadows ever. As long as Lonzo's playing in the bright lights in LA, you're going to, he might not get as much coverage, but you're going to know he's there right. all the time. But and the thing with LeVar that, Ball, that too, is... That doesn't necessarily equal viewership. That just equals, and, oh, here's, Le- here's LeVar doing his thing again. Like, that, I think, is going to run out. People being people caring about what he has to say and what he's doing. See, but the thing about LeVar, too, is, like, as annoying and obnoxious as he is, he actually does have, like, a very commanding presence. Oh, Because sure. he's, like, such a big guy. He's got this huge, like, baritone voice that carries, and you can he always hear him. He has a great voice. He, can, he, he does. He do really like does. kind of voiceover or announcing or something, because I agree I, with you there. He I has think this the, amazing I voice. I think the thing with this is, like, he realizes that he has an opportunity, potentially, with with these kids, but none of them, they just all have no personality oh, his kids at are all. so boring. They're just Good so God, dull. dull. So he's just trying to, like, be that personality so they can build their brand. 
But I mean, there's just so many. Th- obviously, you know, the news came out this week too that they got an F rating by the Better Business Bureau, and the, the stuff with that did. was the stuff with that was funny. That was coming out. There was a a guy who talked about a review, or he left a review about them, and he ordered something and. It hadn't shipped in like six weeks, so he emailed them to see when his stuff was going to ship, and they told him that like he was a small baller for asking about that. <laughs> so it's just, just like which okay, like that's freaking hysterical. But but that's what I mean. People are going to get sick of that. Like he has these things. Oh, I'm going to make my own shoe, make my own clothes. Wh- like what warehouse is he doing this out of? I guarantee you, he doesn't have the facility or the machines. To sustain what he's promising right? people, so he's I not think- there. He's not like Nike. He doesn't have like the third world country sweatshop where they pay like three cents an hour. Right. I mean, they're which probably like is true, but he also thing. doesn't have the the equipment and the space to fulfill what he's promising people. So I think this is just a kind of like that dishwasher pod fad. It's gonna run out eventually, and <laughs> while I think Lonzo is going to be good. I think everyone eventually is going to kind of just forget about this and be like, okay, we've had enough. Like, he's not going to beat the NBA. It's just not going to happen. I'd agree with that. Yeah, and as far as, like, them getting shut out in the game, playing poorly, I think there's chances of the NBA were slim to none anyway. But Agreed. Uh, yep. it's, uh, it's almost as if LaMelo is, is only 16 years old and should be playing high school basketball. Correct. Something you know what I mean, yes. like not pros. Uh, before we move on to the NFL, I actually change. I want to change something I'm going to talk about later. So I wanted to bring up the story that was coming out yesterday in Hawaii um, yes. as mm-hmm. a ballistic missile threat was accidentally sent out. So people got this message: emergency alert. Those ones that beep and come into your phone automatically. Uh, it says, emergency alert, ballistic missile threat inbound to Hawaii. Seek immediate shelter. This is not a drill. So, obviously, you live there. That's Oops. fucking terrifying. The, the best, before we, like, talk about it more, the best thing I saw about it was a, you know, who knows how real this is, but it was like a screenshot of a conversation. Someone texting their friend who lived in Hawaii. They're like, dude, the, there's just a missile oh, threat in Hawaii. <laughs> He's like, yeah, I know. People ran screaming out of the restaurant. And he's like, what'd you do? He's like, I went and got more food, cleared the buffet line really quick. <laughs> like, well, there you go. You might as well eat if you're going to get attacked saw, by missiles. I saw another I saw another video of a guy that was out on the golf course. Oh, he was having like a great he, round or something, right? Yeah. He, he like starts taping himself and he's like, if you're getting this video, it means I'm dead. <laughs> but I just made par on my last hole, so <laughs> feeling pretty good. That's awesome. So yeah, apparently, amateur golfer out Apparently, there. this was sent out. It was a mistake uh, by an employee at the Hawaii's Emergency Management That's Agency. That's one that, hell of a mistake to make. Who pushed the wrong button during procedures that occurred during the handover of a shift? The thing too is like the fact that it says this is not a drill too, so it's so serious. So you're like, oh, right. fuck, I'm going to die. Okay, let's um, be real. And then they yeah. Nobody um, hit the wrong button. Like someone lost a bet and had to send this there out was, and now is getting g- fired. But there was no follow-up text saying that was a mistake for 38 minutes. Right, that's what I mean. That was not a mistake. Someone right. lost a bet. So There was a PGA tournament out there. So all these pro golfers are out there starting to get these notifications. And that apparently went through the entire tournament very quickly. Ooh. And like that's a pretty big deal too to have yeah 
I mean, not that professional athletes' lives are greater than normal civilians, but like this is in the middle of a golf tournament that's being nationally televised, and people are starting to figure out that there's potentially ballistic missiles coming that towards is, them. That is insane. Guys, how about this? Here's a thought. This is from Mark Espinosa on Twitter. How many false alarm babies are we getting in Hawaii in nine months? Just people thinking the world's <laughs> going to end. That's a great point. Bang it out real quick, amazing. right? That's a really that's good point. That's a good point. I guarantee you that's a true thing that's going to happen. Probably yeah, at least seven. I hope there's at least... I hope there's at least one person in Hawaii that got laid from a random stranger oh, saying it's the right? end of the world. Let's just bang one. Well, the thing point. too about I hope to God that about that is oh, you man. get this message and there's all these like North Korean uh, nuclear missile tests all the time, and Hawaii's like the place that they for sure would be able to get if they could get anywhere in the U.S. So it's like you got to be thinking. Yeah, you thinking legitimately the world's about to end. That would be insane. So how many people do you think got fired because of that? Eleven. At least one. Yeah, at least <laughs> one. That's a good point. Uh, yeah, that's just a wild scenario. I'm I'm staying woke on the fact that I think that there was actually something that happened and okay. we took care of it. We'll have to keep an eye I out. I think later on it's going to come out that we shot it down or something. Imagine yeah. being a guy who like has to go to an interview like, so what was your former job? Well, I worked for a security in Hawaii, and I was a guy that accidentally hit the, there's a missile coming, get to cover button. Oh, like, yeah, we're going we'll to be in someone else. Yeah, right. Quick trigger right. finger. <laughs> Fire that fucking pink skin. All right. We got some technical difficulties here. Um, all right. No, we're good. My bad. Jumping into football talk. Uh, who's going first? This is me. We're, we're running low on these guys. I'm so sad. I know. We have what? Next week and then the Super Bowl. And then we're probably not going to talk about the Pro Bowl. But okay. We're going to have a huge, huge segment on the Pro Bowl. Huge. Okay. Yeah, so we're gonna cover that uh, last sure. night Special in a not episode. so exciting game, we witnessed the Patriots advance to their seventh straight AFC title game. Let that sink in for a second. Seven straight AFC title games. And like I said, it it wasn't very exciting mostly because I still don't think that, well, I I shouldn't say that. I wish Kansas City would have won last week. So last night's game would have been Kansas City versus the Patriots because I think that would have been, or would it not have been Kansas City? It would have been Kansas City anyway. Well, regardless, the, the Titans were boring, and the Patriots crapped all over them like we knew they were going to, and now they're going to their seventh straight AFC title game, which is incredible. In seven years, they made, uh, I think they said, who was it? Uh, Devin McCourty, I think, has been on the team for seven years, and this is his seventh AFC title game. Like, that's that's incredible to think about, as much as we shit on the Patriots and Belichick and Brady and Kraft and the team, they're a bunch of cheaters, and Brady's a weirdo and a scam artist. I mean, this is why we do it, though. Exactly. That is exactly exactly why we do it, it, because we're super jealous. It's just, it's pretty remarkable. And that's all I got to say about that. The crazy crazy thing about that game, Pat and I watched the the entirety of it, and um, the fact that Tennessee looked like they even had a hope when they 
made the Patriots go three and out on the first drive, and then they went down 95 yards to score. Mm-hmm. It gave so much false hope to the entire country. Like, oh my God, like the Tennessee Titans might Maybe actually they have like, a chance. Yeah. And then they pres- Yeah, no. What was that stat no. that we saw at the end of the game? It was the Patriots had uh, 30 first downs and the Titans had 39 total 39 plays. 39 completions. No, oh, yeah, that's plays. what it is. Total yeah, plays. Total You're plays. Right. <laughs> You're right. Uh, well, now they're saying apparently Mariota had a quad injury in the first. Oh, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. Everybody's injured second week of the playoffs. Everybody is injured. Agreed. Well, it, it's just... It just goes to show you, too, that this whole ESPN story came out last week that the Patriots dynasty was falling apart and Brady was too old and this, that, and the other thing. And as usual, they just come out and they take care of business and Belichick's on the sideline, you know, cutting a different part of his clothes every time they go over <laughs> to him on the sidelines. There's a different area cut out. We were laughing, Jim. We were saying he should have had the winter coat on, but cut the sleeves off of it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you saw it. He had the face thing on, and he cut, like, above his – and we were laughing, too. Brady's hair looked terrible yesterday. We think maybe uh, (laughs) Belichick might have called him into the office before the game. Tom, I think we need to cut your bangs a little bit. (laughs) He looked fucking awful. Yeah, he – oh, man, that was was bad. It was like, you know, I know he's got all these methods to try and stay healthy, but, I mean, do you have to switch your barber, too? I mean, you probably could have access to the greatest hairstylist in the world. And you come out looking like Mark Davis last night. See, I don't see Tom going to a barber. I see him going to a stylist, which is his first problem. Every That's what I'm saying, yeah. male should go to a barber, in my professional opinion. It doesn't have to be a male barber, but just a barber. But he for sure went to some stylist. Are there female so, barbers? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. And they're damn good, too. Are they still called barbers? Yes. Hmm. Yeah, is it be like Barbara's? No, no, they're still called Barbara's. This is extremely sexist. Yeah, I call them Barbara's. Speak for yourself. Hey, they call actors and actresses. There's, there's total, there's so many terms where there's male and female Barbers and Barbara's. Yeah. <laughs> Compromise. That'll go over real well. Are you applying for the Barbara or Barbara position? <laughs> hey, Barber could be a name too. You know, like a guy's name. I don't know what else. Either way, Tom is going in his Uggs to a stylist. That's for sure. (laughs) Next topic. (laughs) (laughs) I I think we explore the barber barber thing a little bit more. Bring that up on our our promo episode. All right, fine. All right. So this past week, the Bears found their head coach, 16th head coach in Bears history. Former Kansas City Chiefs offensive coordinator Matt Nagy, who is 39, I think, or 38, 39 39. years old. Uh, He started out 10 years ago as an intern for Andy Reid in Philadelphia and worked his way up through the ranks. He was a quarterback's coach, then he was a co-offensive coordinator, then offensive coordinator this past season. He was given the play calling duties for six games, the first time any coordinator under Andy Reid has had play calling duties. So, um, a lot of there's a lot of good things out there about Matt Nagy. He um, he played football at Delaware, which is where Joe Flacco went to school, and he had a bunch of records there. Um, but 
I, I don't know. I think Ryan Pace gets an opportunity to um, pair himself with a young up-and-coming coach who's got a good mind. Andy Reid said he thinks he's his best head coaching candidate he's produced. And when you look at his tree of coaches that he has produced, it's pretty impressive. Uh, names like Ron Rivera, now Doug Peterson, who you saw just advance to the NFC championship game yesterday with the Eagles, among others. Um, and I don't know, now that Vic Fangio was retained as defensive coordinator, they brought in Mark Helfrick for offensive coordinator. Um, and then they hired, what's the, what's the offensive line coach? Harry Heinstead. Harry Heinstead, who was actually their offensive line coach the year they went to the Super Bowl in 2006, 2007. So I think quietly afterwards, you know, his staff came together really nicely. And obviously you got Trubisky, who is the centerpiece of the team right now. Uh, you get a good draft, some good free agent signings. All of a sudden the Bears could be maybe not turn around completely, but maybe competitive next year and a lot better than, than this year. Minimum uh, 11 and 5 for sure. No doubt. Super Bowl Bears. Dude, Super my Bowl. favorite. Andy, I don't know if I sent this to you. I sent Andy it to is Jimmy. so bored with this conversation. It's so funny. Okay, but hold on. This um, you follow Gas Money Bob on Twitter? Yes, he's the best. Okay, his tweet was the best. After he signed, it was like 10 years ago, Nagy was selling real estate. 20 years from now, he's going to be selling cigars, um, sausages, and Jardinera. And Jardinera. Yeah. I saw that. That was pretty great. So, uh, obviously, there there's a lot of hope just after these last three years with John Fox. It's just been – it just felt like such a drag Um I don't know. It was so wearing. They were so bad the last three years, and it's just nice to bring in a fresh up-and-comer who a lot of people think um, could could be a really good coach. So I'm excited. Yeah, it's now or never. Obviously, our division is very competitive as well. The Packers, when Rodgers is healthy, are always there. The Vikings are legitimate Super Bowl contenders. The Lions are getting And now they're saying, yep, exactly. So. Uh, the time is now to try and turn it around. And like we said, you know, we talked about it a lot, Jimmy. We want the, we don't want him to target Jarvis Landry, bring him in here. I think they would be huge. And then draft, we have to draft players. That's the thing. Guys, you got to draft guys that are playing right away. So for sure, we'll see, but it's something to be excited about. Yeah. I, I texted you both. I thought it was a good hire. Um, I thought the biggest piece of that was retaining Fangio. Um, yep. But yeah, it's like you said, it's you got to produce now. You got the pieces in place, got to still draft a few players and put some better players around Trubisky. Um, but I think it's the right move. Um, you got a guy that knows how to exploit um, talented running backs out of the backfield. So you got to think that Tariq Cohen is going to um, yeah. get a lot of touches. Thrive. Oh, yeah. Um, and they're going to. They're going to try and find some speed guys that they can – If I mean, if he can get his hands on a guy like Tyreek Hill, just a fast playmaker, that offense is going to look awesome. I mean, Tariq Cohen might be that player where they utilize him like Tyreek Hill, but who knows? I'd, it's a wait and see now. The draft will be a big, uh, big time for them. Yep. Um, okay, uh, just quickly on my topic about uh, the NFL, I wanted to touch on Le'Veon Bell. He has come out mid-playoffs and said that if the Pittsburgh Steelers franchise tag him for the third year in a row, excuse me, 
that he would consider retiring from football or sit out the entire year. Bullshit. So there's no way that he ends up passing up, what is it going to be, 27 mil, we said? Something crazy yeah. like that. Crap, would it really be that much? Yeah. For the third, yeah, the of- third year, it jumps up big. Um. Anyway... I am all in on players making these threats, but I want I want somebody to start following through with them. Like yeah. If you have yeah, yeah. arguably the best running back, best potentially best player in the NFL, actually go and sit out for an entire year until he gets a contract, that would be so huge to just like calling bluffs going forward. That would just set the precedence like, oh yeah, well give me a contract or I'm for sure not going to play for an entire year. So, so go ahead. I'm just pull, I'm pulling up the stuff. So it was okay, so this year it was 12 million and next year it would be 14.5 so it'll make 27 over 2 years. Got it. But there's and it's just coming in 2 hours ago still despite the threat it's still expected to get tagged again next year. And I mean, do you really if you're a team in the NFL, especially the Steelers, where Ben Roethlisberger might be retiring at the end of this year. Looks dead. Yeah. He might be gone. You've got Antonio Brown, I think, is only under contract for... No, he, he just re-upped. He's the highest paid receiver in the league. Now. Right. I didn't think he his... Dude, I think he's got to lock Bell up. Anyway. I just saw a stat earlier that since he got in the league in 2013... He he's averaging 130 yards from scrimmage per game. Yeah, you have to uh, him up. It's 23 yards more than the next closest player. That's it's insane. Wow. Uh, then the next closest player in the NFL, like leaps and bounds, the best player in the NFL when healthy and playing for sure. It's crazy because he's Imagine he's pretty if much. He took a year off to 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 get healthy and feel better. He'd come back the following he year. He pretty much has had ever. times like that though with suspensions and True. skipping. Like True. he's, I mean he he's basically a running back and a receiver. Like yes, at either position he dominates. And yes. he's Agreed. he's it's young crazy. too. And like you said, Pat, with yes. the suspensions and the injuries, he's fresh. He's he's younger than his age is as far as an NFL right. running back. Like. It's the it would be insane for them to not reach out and give him a contract, unless Agreed. unless he's asking for like a ten year deal or something like that. Then that would be absurd. Obviously, you you don't know that side of the coin. It's all the bullshit coming out that he's pissed that the True. Patriots That's a very aren't good point. Uh, paying him. But anyway, That's I just, mean, very good how, point. what's up? I just how do you not want to resign that guy? Do you, it, I mean, I feel his pain too. It's like are they just going to work him down and? And then you know, let him go when probably when he's that's probably used or whatever. Process. I mean, that's so good for him for looking out for himself. So if he gets tagged saying, and he sits out a year, is he released from his contract then with them? You know, question. I don't because what's I don't what's know, stopping them it's from like, if he's still under contract technically? What's it, stopping? It them must from, not because it's like with the franchise tag. It's like technically. If he sits out, he wouldn't be getting paid, so he wouldn't have, like, fulfilled his part of the contract or whatever. Right. I don't know. That's weird how that would – I don't know how that would work. Well, hopefully the dude gets paid because he totally deserves it. Yeah, absolutely. Do you like apples? Yeah. 
Well, I got a number. How do you like them apples? <laughs> All right, um, we are doing How, How Do You Like Them Apples, uh, one of our favorite, f- favorite segments where we find stories where someone did something that would, be un- that would be considered unexpected for them. So, Patrick, you're up first. Okay, so my story comes out of Naples, Florida, where a man Going named to Naples Andrew... On oh, nice. Well, be careful while you're there <laughs> because Andrew... Ooh, his name is Andrew as well. I'm going to go with Mounier is how you pronounce this. I believe it's Patterson. (laughs) No, the the guy in the story. He's probably French. So he lives in Naples. He was recently attacked by a large bear while letting his dogs outside. But first of all, I didn't know there was bears in Florida. So that's crazy. Me neither. So he says, and this is on the stories on 24 Sports says, I came outside. He was right there. I tried to run, but it wasn't fast enough, Mounier said in the interview. And here's the twist. While donning a Packers shirt. So let that be known, Andy. You go down to Naples. You don't bring any of your queer Packers gear with you because you're going to get attacked by a bear. A bear will kill you. Because there is a bear there quite literally attacking Packers fans looking out for the Chicago Bears. Um, so he, it says he suffered minor, minor facial laceration, <laughs> minor, that caused him to get 41 stitches and have like claw marks across his There's face. There's nothing minor about 41 <laughs> stitches from a bear claw and not the donut. I, I guess relatively speaking, that could be much, much worse. So maybe it is minor. That's I true. Suppose, I suppose. Uh, the report also noted it was the first bear attack in South Florida since 1970. <laughs> oh, okay. I would love then, to see a bear fight a gator. That'd be so cool. Yeah. Ooh. That's so my just fish, let bitch. that let that be a lesson that in real life, if a bear and a packer, whatever that is, come face to face, bear's gonna win. Isn't a so. packer a guy who who uh, literally like packs packs meat. boxes and like pack? Oh, packs meat. Yeah. Fudge packers. Yeah, good one, Pat. So. <laughs> How do you like them apples? All right, um, my candidate for how do you like them apples? Um, there is a town in New Jersey. It's called Leonia, and it is a small town along the water of New Jersey, and it is receiving a high amount of traffic because Google Maps constantly reroutes people trying to get to the Washington Bridge into their town to avoid traffic. And because of this, now the traffic in this small little town is absolutely absurd, and the residents of this town can't get anywhere because of all the traffic of people trying to get to New York City. So what this town is now doing is they are threatening to ban drivers from out of the city forever ever driving through, I love that. ever driving through their town. I have no idea how they will enforce this, but they're saying that they're <laughs> putting road spikes everywhere. Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> so they're going to throw up uh, potentially $200 fines for driving through their town without like their town sticker. Um, but I just thought this was a wild move, like that they're just going to so, ban okay. all drivers. Get off from my lawn. Exactly. 
I feel like the time and effort to, to try and find and enforce this would back up everything just as much as just people driving through right? their town. Just set up a roadblock like there, like a DUI roadblock, and just check people for, for where they live. That'd be absurd. But I that guess it is... would fuck up... How do you like them, Matt? Absolutely crazy. I guess it would fuck up all the people trying to get to the Washington Bridge. So you're fucking up your town, but also fucking up all those people's days. That's crazy. All right, mine goes out to um, Mark Wahlberg. Uh, he's been in the news recently. Um, I forget the movie that, what is it? Uh, all, all the, the Money in the World. In the world. Oh, all the Money in the World. Which is um, kind of ironic where, considering the situation. Yes, it is. Where um, serial asshole Kevin Spacey was fired from, from being a fucking pervert and weirdo. And they had to bring someone else in to to fill his role, and they shot it within a matter of weeks. So they had to do reshoots, and they had to have uh, Mark Wahlberg and Michelle Williams come in over Thanksgiving break to do the reshoots. Well, it just came out recently that Michelle Williams was only paid $1,000 for her reshoots while Mark Wahlberg was paid $1.5 million. And the, the, the pay disparity is there, which I don't think it's on Mark Wahlberg. I think it's on, uh, I think, WME, which represents both him and her, to make sure she gets her money as well. Well, he just came out recently and donated his money that he made from it to the Me Too cause, and WME came out and donated uh, half a million to the WME cause, or to the uh, Me Too cause. Um, And I just thought it was cool of him, because you don't hear about that stuff a lot, and I don't think he's wrong for going out and getting his money. I think it's wrong that... She didn't get hers, so I think it was good of him to come out and, you know, bring attention to it and donate uh, to the Me Too cause. How do you like them, I want to comment on that very quickly. I think that's an awesome move, like a big fuck you to everybody that came out and was like, "Oh, Mark Wahlberg, wage disparity, and things like that." No, Michelle Williams just their agents aren't looking out for her, like. Correct. Exactly. Mark Wahlberg knew he had that studio over, bent over a barrel because they needed to reshoot this movie, and he was just right. like, "Well, I'm not going to do it unless you pay me a million and a half dollars or whatever it was." Right. Agreed. Like Michelle Liam Williams Neeson just, came out and, and said the the same thing. Like, yeah. no, it's not on him. I mean, why would he not want to get paid? Right. That's on them. For yeah, not I heard out too. They it was pretty much they just asked for it. They're like, "All right, I'll do this for 1.5 million dollars," and they're like, "Okay." Michelle Williams like, oh, yeah, I can make right. that work. I'll be right there. They're like, all right, we'll throw a grand at you. But, yeah, that was probably, like you said, more the agent's fault than anything. So, douche. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, next up, we've got bold strategy. I feel like we haven't done this one in a while. But, basically, we find stories where people take interesting strategies on particular situations. So, Jimmy, why don't you get started? All right, so mine is going out to all the social media members up in arms um, and wanting Oprah to run for president in 2020 because she gave this... She did give a really good, eloquent speech at the Golden Globes, which I I mean, I, I thought it was a, it was a, a really good speech. Um, but the fact that people think that makes her qualified to be president of the United States shows... Where we are as a country, and and people need to do a little bit more research and hold a little bit higher standards. That because we think, oh, Trump's such an idiot, he's a celebrity, he's a he's a businessman. Let's have Oprah do it. 
who's a woman who's a celebrity and a businesswoman, because she gave a good speech at an award ceremony that equals her being a good president, it, it's the same thing with The Rock. Honestly, if he ran, I'd probably vote for him. But, but why? He has no qualifications to be president, nor does Oprah. And now I'm seeing articles like, look, Oprah was president of her high school or middle school student council. Like, what? I was elementary school. That that just student council president. So I know I you were. Run yeah, twenty. You were. So maybe maybe you should run. I'm doing it, guys. I'm running. I guess I guess what what I'm saying here is we should have higher standards than we do right now. And because someone gives a good speech at an award ceremony, does not mean they're qualified to be president of the United States. It's a bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off for them. Yeah, I thought. That was interesting. And and right after that happened, all these pictures came out of Oprah with like Harvey Weinstein hugging him and stuff. And and, and it was funny, the, the same yeah. thing. You know, you see all these memes. It's like, you know, liberals in 2016, Trump shouldn't be president. He's unfit. He's a celebrity. And then, you know, 2018, let's have Oprah run for president. So it's just, <laughs> you know, right. it literally, it's just, yeah, it's crazy times. Let's have our standards right. a little bit higher, people. All right, so my candidate for bold strategy goes out to Tanya Harding, who just had a movie made about her called I, Tanya. I haven't seen it yet, but I heard it was pretty good. Um, basically, I, Robot with Tanya Harding. Interesting. That's an interesting yeah. twist on that movie. Yeah, wow. for sure. I, I didn't see it coming either. <laughs> anyway. Um, Tanya Harding showed up to the Golden Globes and people were oddly kind of praising her and you go, girl. giving her a lot of credit. Yeah, it was it was a weird move in the first place. But that's not where this story is going. Um, Tanya Harding has now released a statement that she fired her agent because she was demanding $25,000 fines from any media reporter that asks about her past. Anything about the infamous incident at the Olympics or anything like that. Any reporter that asks a question about her past, she is demanding $25,000 fines. First of all, a report- to herself, like she's fining them and she gets the 25 yeah, grand. That's what she's demanding. What? From wh- what? Right. Like you're, you're literally, company. you're literally you relevant these, right now because there's all, a movie about what you did yes. like 25, 30 years ago. Right. That's exactly. the only reason people want to talk to you. Nobody cares about your skating career. D- didn't she get in like six or seven yeah. place yeah. after Nancy Kerrigan was? And she me? got. I think Tanya, Nancy Kerrigan sorry, got silver that's, too. That's why she you're relevant. Competed. Yeah, it's like a G. It's a fucking wild move. And then to fire her agent over it, this agent has got to be a saint for representing somebody that's completely irrelevant in the first place, let alone some psychopath making demands that reporters pay a fine for asking about their past. Just a wild, wild move. So bold. Fun fact, I heard she left with uh, Tommy Wiseau after the, the Golden Globes. <laughs> so bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off for him. Bold strategy in both ends. She actually didn't, but what if that she would have did? Been weird. Be that would be the weirdest child ever if that happened. Yeah, for Okay, sure. so mine, I'm throwing a curveball because I was going to do the Hawaii emergency thing, but then this morning I saw this other story, and 
Okay, so this is out of California. And it was a 28-year-old, Matthew Nicholson of Cirrus, California, was arrested Thursday night on suspicion of murder um, after police found his 68-year-old mother with a head wound. She died at the hospital. Supposedly, this all stemmed from the mother went to go check on him in his bedroom after became upset while playing video games and began shouting. Um, she went in there. He broke his video game headset. We've all been there. Rough matches before. Uh, but then he proceeded to pull out a gun and shoot his mother before his 81-year-old father wrestled the gun away from him. He drove off and was stopped out of town and arrested. So a lot of stuff going on in this story. <laughs> Wait, he was how old? He's 28. 16? His dad was 81 years old. I don't know where I got 16 so, from. First of all, this 28-year-old dude living at home, just like busting games in his parents, you know, his bedroom in his parents' house. First of all, his mom was 61, right? So his dad was 81. Or his, no, his mom was 68. So his mom was 40 when she had him then. And his dad was 53. So he's got some older parents. Kudos on the 81-year-old dad for wrestling the gun away from him, though. But just a lot of, like, we've all been there where, you know, you have a couple rough games in a row playing and you get mad and you might throw your controller. Took me a, yeah, took me a while to realize to just turn around and chuck the controller at the couch into the cushions. And then usually it bounces back. And and not the TV or the floor. bounces back, I catch it. I've, you know, I've chucked stuff, been mad before. Uh, can't ever say though that I grabbed a gun and shot you mom shot in mom. the head. So, uh, no, yeah. thankfully, it's a bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off for him. So, Pat, uh, real quick before we move on, did you see the the story about John Tyler, our no. tenth president? Okay, listen to this. John Tyler, he was our tenth president. He was born in seventeen ninety. Seventeen ninety. He has two living grandchildren. What? John Tyler was born in 1790. He has two living grandchildren. Here's how. So he he was 63 when he had his first son, oh, Lion. Lion. Okay. And then um, Lion was 71 when Lion Jr. was born and 75 when Harrison was born. Both sons are still alive. So our 10th president was born in 1790, has two living grandchildren. How old are they? Um, They were born in 1924 and 1928. This is just like the greatest family lineage of all time. They all just live until they're 100 and start having kids when they're 70. Until they're 100. Isn't that insane? What is going on? Two living grandchildren born over 200 years ago. that is the craziest thing I think I've ever heard in my life. Oh, my gosh. And, like, John, congrats on the sex (laughs) at 71 and 75 with a woman who can bear children. That's just real impressive. That's incredible. Good for him. Wow. That's all all I got to say about that. Dude, that that was – I'm glad you told me that because I did not hear about that. All right, yeah, moving on to our last segment, Hall of Fame. You guys know the drill. We pick a topic, and we each pick our top five for what we think would be considered our Hall of Fame for said topic. This week, we're going to do nicknames. 
And to clarify, these are nicknames that have been given to people, you know, could be athletes, musicians, actors, whatever. Um, so, yeah, who wants to go first? I'll go first. Okay, so I was thinking about this last night laying in bed, and I got completely sidetracked. I'll tell you why afterwards. But my first greatest nickname goes to um, Sal uh, Bompensero from Sopranos. He was known as Big Pussy. <laughs> and the reason he was known as Big Pussy was because he was a cat burglar, so they called him a pussycat, and he's a big guy. So last night I'm laying in bed, and I'm like, oh, yeah, that that's a great one. And I'm like, shit, how, like, how, I don't know how to pronounce his name. Anyways, the night ended with me starting to binge watch The Sopranos <laughs> from season one. And I fell asleep and woke up and was like, shit, I forgot to complete the rest of my list because I got sidetracked watching The Sopranos. So I'm going with Big Pussy for my first nickname. <laughs> Keep. Are you going to do the rest of yours? <laughs> yeah. Hall of Fame. Hall of Fame. Oh, wait. Well, oh, I, I forgot. I was, I was thinking of Mock Draft. Totally my bit. All right. <laughs> my second nickname... I'm going to go with um, Smalls nice. from The Sandlot. And I don't think so much because it's like this great outlandish nickname, but how many times in your life have you been like, you're killing me, Smalls, just to, to someone who's taken forever. I mean, we forever have a segment literally named an idiot after or whatever. That, so. Right, exactly. So I had to go with Smalls. Um, my third one goes out to our dear friend, Daniel Tractor Rafter. <laughs> Tractor. Um, Tractor, tractor, tractor. We were in Vegas a number of years ago, and my brother-in-law, Matt Pittman, started calling him Tractor, I think because it rhymed with rafter. <laughs> and we were just, like, screwing around, and it is stuck. Like, everyone, every one of our male friends calls Danny <laughs> Tractor to this day. <laughs> From that side comment in a Vegas hotel room, oh, and man. he's never even been on or seen a tractor in real <laughs> life, but he's known as Daniel Tractor Rafter. Uh, that's such a good one. Um, my fourth one from um, the the Longest Yard <sighs> goes out to Cheeseburger yeah. Eddie because he would just smuggle McDonald's into the prison and give people <laughs> cheeseburgers. I'll never forget the scene where I think... Uh, Michael Irvin like elbows Adam Sarah in the face and dunks on him, and Cheeseburger Eddie pulls out two cheeseburgers from his pants and just starts throwing them to the crowd. <laughs> and I've always loved the name Cheeseburger Eddie. And my final nickname goes back again to our dear friend Daniel Rafter. <laughs> his second nickname is Daddy D, short for Big Daddy Dick. <laughs> Which comes from the movie Baby Boy. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so, again, coined to him from Matt Pittman. Anytime he sees him, it's either Tractor or Daddy D. And people <laughs> look at him and go, what did you just call him? And then we tell the story of Daddy D. Danny Rafter, Daddy the Dick, man of many giving that Daddy names. Dick, sorry. Yes. And his students at his old school... <laughs> <laughs> Used to call him the Banana King. Oh my god! Because he's so hairy and would eat bananas at lunch. Jesus Christ! <laughs> that, that's 
so <laughs> disrespectful. <laughs> Holy shit. Oh, that's so funny. He actually has a note from a student that says Banana King hang on his refrigerator. Oh, my God. Oh, my gosh. Uh, I think Jimmy just won. <laughs> All right, Andy, go ahead. Uh, I, I think yeah, Danny's right? winning in life, really. <laughs> That's a good point. Um, yeah, my list is kind of uneventful yeah, right? after that. Um, I, w- I went with all sports nicknames. Uh, so going down my list, I've got Beast Mode for Marshawn Lynch. That's a damn good one. That nickname, while I feel like it recently stuck, like in the last five years, once he was in Seattle... Um, but that nickname actually came from his combine interview, uh, way back when he's inter he's interviewing with a reporter and it's the most absurd interview I've ever seen. It's him and another guy, um, who are at the combine and they're just asking him, they're like, so how would you describe yourself? And he just goes, beast mode. (laughs) (laughs) And that's the first origination of that name. So that goes way back. If you get a chance to check it's out such that a Marshawn Lynch yeah, answer, if you get a chance to check out that interview, it's absurd. Um, next one on the list is Andre Kirilenko, AK forty seven. Solid, fucking awesome nickname. I mean, um, I love how he just embraced it and rocked number forty seven his whole career. I mean, yeah. that is a G move. Yeah. Yep. That's like a Russian mobster yeah. move, At- dude. Right, mediocre player all time nickname. Um, next, For next sure. on the list. Reggie Jackson with Mr. October, not a great, um, like, well-thought-out nickname or anything, but to be deemed Mr. October um, for all the shit that you did in the playoffs is a fucking sweet nickname. Agreed. Next is uh, Allen Iverson, the answer. Um, Just one of those where you can kind of use those simultaneously. Um, I mean, you say that and people know who the hell you're talking about, even though Allen Iverson hasn't been in the league for a while. Just a really cool nickname. Um, and then the last one, his Aaroness, Mr. Michael Jordan. Um, you could go down the list with all the nicknames for him, but that one's my favorite. So MJ with the final one, his Aaroness. Nice. All right. I'm going to start out with, from How I Met Your Mother, Marshall Big Fudge Erickson. Big Fudge Big is just fudge. such a great nickname. <laughs> the way that it's used throughout the show. Come again for Big Fudge. It's just great. <laughs> the one episode is my favorite. Uh, they go to some bar and they're playing skee ball. And Marshall's telling Ted how he gets there. Before they're going in there, he's like, yeah, I got the high score in skee ball. And they get there, he's like, dude, I thought you said the high, you had the high score in skee ball. Some dude named Big Fudge has it. And he just turns around. He's like blowing on his <laughs> hand and stuff. So... <laughs> always love that big fudge number. F- uh, my next one, the big hurt Frank Thomas. Literally, such a good nickname yeah, because the dude one. he was literally just a big man and he hurt the baseball. It was just a straightforward nickname um, for a big dude. Number three, the muscles from Brussels, Jean Claude Van Dam. Ah, whose real name Van actually Dam. I'm seeing is Jean Claude Camille Francois Van Varenberg. So. Not JCVD, not JCVD, JCCFVV. So, 
Um, but obviously, <laughs> this dude's a total badass. What a great nickname just to be able to be from Brussels and just be jacked like him. It's such a natural nickname. Uh, Pat, do you remember when uh, when we would be younger? Or not when we would be younger, when we were younger and we'd be mad. And, and then we'd be like, John Claude right? Van Damme. Yeah, it was our, our was like, kind of loophole to say damn. Yeah, dude. Because when <laughs> yeah, we were kids, we used to watch Street Fighter all the time. He was Colonel Guile, so we'd always be like, yeah. But yeah, yep. Muscles from Brussels, all-time nickname. It's always good when the nickname rhymes, I feel like. Um, number two, Heisenberg, Walter White on uh, Breaking Bad. It's more like an alter ego than a nickname, but it was just kind of cool how like he became this new person. Well, say it. my name. That's where that came from, too. Uh, and then number one, I'm not sure which one constitutes as the nickname, so I just put down both names, but Stone Cold Steve Austin. And if that doesn't constitute his nickname, then the Texas Rattlesnake, because I don't know, those oh, the just Texas the whole Stone Cold Steve Austin that just like rolls off the tongue perfectly. It's just such a great name. And then Texas Rattlesnake, I feel like pretty much perfectly described the way that he was a wrestler, where he just kind of spewing venom and fucking shit up you know so that's my number one i'm so glad that that you brought that up because i had some on my honorable mentions and one of them was oh, stunning steve austin yeah. which is what he was known as before he was stone cold um the the rock used to be known as flex cavana was was his wrestling name <laughs> rocky my and uh kevin nash was vinnie Ooh. vegas nice i like that which i think is just a um, great wrestling other name. honorables Nick i Nick. had uh the Kid, Ken Griffey Jr., that was always just a good nickname. Yes. And then I had uh, Slow Hand, Eric Clapton. They used to call him that because uh, <laughs> he would frequently break guitar strings during his show, so he would restring them, and then the crowd would like keep the mood going by like doing a slow clap while he fixed his string because he was a shredder for <laughs> sure. So. That's pretty Yeah, sweet. I thought that was like a cool origin of that one. Um, and then also I had like uh, Sweetness for Walter Payton and The Fridge, William the Refrigerator mm-hmm. Perry, just because quite literally, that, I think that's that a, great a great nickname because he was the, he was the size of the size fridge of and he got that way because he probably cleared many fridges in his day. So yeah, yeah. for sure. My only honorable mention was The Flying Hawaiian. like that one. Just a funny fucking nickname. Who was that for? Shane, Shane Victorino. Victorino yeah. I think. Oh, yeah. I, yes. I feel okay. like I wish I would have done a little bit more research because I feel like there's funny nicknames out there that I'm not unearthing. Uh, one particular that came to my mind, I didn't put it down because it was self-given, but uh, Kenny Powers, the man with the golden dick. So um, that's just a great. <laughs> oh, yeah. or La, La Flama Blanca. Blanca. There was, you go. One of my favorites. Drama. Oh, Johnny so, Drama. Quick, uh, quick backstory. When when I saw nicknames on the sheet, I initially thought of like things you'd say, like, "Hey, What's buddy, up, hey, bro, <laughs> hey," you know, something like that. So my favorite name like that I've ever been called. I was valeting at clubhouse many years ago, and a guy comes out and I hand him his keys to his car, and he goes, "Thanks, Ranger," <laughs> and just walks away. That's a power and move. I was like, "Ranger, wow that that made me feel real good." Right. You're welcome, sir. You should have fucking roundhouse kicked him in the face, dude, and been like, Walker, Texas Ranger. (laughs) (laughs) That would have been ultimate surprise move. That would have been so funny. Uh, (laughs) And then broken out in song. In the eyes of a ranger, the unsuspected stranger had better know the truth of wrong from right. 
Cause when the eyes of a ranger are upon you. So when our grandpa would babysit us, Pat and I would watch it every uh, Saturday night. That was, dude. That was bonus material right there. Great content, Jim. All right, Thank that's you. all we got for this week's episode of Bros. Let's Talk. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. We'll be back next week with a new episode. Um, since we're not doing picks anymore, we're just back to the weekly episodes. So if you guys want to follow us on Twitter, you can at Bros. Let's Talk. Like us on Facebook, search Bros. Let's Talk. Share our page so your friends can see it as well. And you can go to broslettstalk.podbean.com to visit our podcast page directly. Or you can subscribe to us on iTunes or Google Play Podcast. For Jimmy and Andy, this is Pat. Boom. Later, dudes. Toodaloo. We're the three best friends that anyone could have. We're the three best friends that anyone can have. And we'll never, ever, 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 ever leave each other. I just like the same place. Our episodes are becoming...